Hello. My name is Dr. Mercurio Arborea, and I am the founder of the Arborea Institute. Through our unique blend of benign pharmacology, sensory therapy, and energy sculpting, we can guide you to a new, better, happier you. You're about to embark on a great journey. Let the new age of enlightenment begin. What is at stake is more than one small country. It is a big idea, a new world order. It's no longer a theory. What I'm about to say is fact. The secret organizations of the world power elite are no longer secret. They have planned and are now leading us into a one world communist government. Welcome useless eaters to the Odd Man Out podcast where we talk about hidden history, de-political policy, occult deconstruction, economics, religion, and philosophy. I'm your rabbit hole aficionado, the odd man. Welcome. The affirmative task we have now is, uh, is to actually um, uh, create uh, uh, a new world order. Public policy could itself become the captain of a scientific, technological elite. And when that first cocaine was smuggled in on a ship, it may as well have been a deadly bacteria so much as it hurt the body, the soul of our country. But take my word for it, this scourge will stop. What is going on, oddities? Man, it's good to be back. Glad to talk with you once again. This is the odd man, of course, and you know that. A lot of stuff going on in our world, so there's no shortage of things to talk about. And I know that last week, I did a lot of reading, if you've listened to that episode. And if you haven't, please go back and listen to it, because I think it has some important things in there that really lead to where we are today with politics and social issues, and financially as well, economics. So... Please check that one out. But this week, I think I'm just going to talk candidly once again. You know, I had a pretty fun weekend. My wife and I, it was her birthday, and we went to Nashville. Actually, we only went to Nashville for a few hours. We stayed in Franklin, which is beside Nashville. And I'd only passed through Franklin, so... We went there actually to Nashville to see a comedy show. And you guys, some of you will be familiar with Shane Gillis, the stand-up comedian. If not, he's the guy who got asked to be on SNL a couple years ago, or maybe more now, I don't know, I'm losing track. Then somebody went and found that he had done some little skit or, or actually was on some podcast and was doing an Asian voice and making fun of, I guess, Chinese people. I can't remember now. So everybody was all of a sudden outraged. And I guess an Asian member of SNL was like, I don't want to be on a show with him. And of course they immediately let him go. Even though it was comedy and even though you can make fun of white people and straight people 
Christians and all kinds of other people all you want. You know, it's just the times we live in, you know, where comedians are being forced into being politically correct until the point where it's, there's no funny anymore. But anyway, Shane Gillis was very funny and he did get political not like you would think, he really made fun of Trump. And I know he was a kind of a supporter of Trump's, but, you know, Trump obviously was a funny guy. And so he did his impressions of Trump and talked about how crazy the Trump presidency was and just all the funny moments and how Trump spoke to people and how big of a difference that was than what we'd seen in the past. I think we got so used to it, we don't understand how big of a difference it was. But then he he went into making fun of Biden, of course, he said something, they had this one joke, he's like, Biden could be the first president who could be assassinated by somebody slightly bumping into him, or something like that, because he's so old and frail, of course. But uh, it, was, it was a good time, and we left there, and just went back to the room, chilled, got up early, and we went to the little town of Franklin, which is beautiful, by the way, if you've never been there, Wow. I've never seen a cleaner place in my life. And we were riding around because we hit some bookstores. We hit three bookstores and we were looking for a plant store because my wife is a plant fanatic and she wanted to find some plants that she doesn't have because a lot of these towns and these other areas will have plants you can't find locally. So we found this awesome nursery and we found some plants for her and some books for me and so it was a great time but you know we were riding around trying to find these different stores in these different places and Franklin has the most mansions I've ever seen in my life I've, I've never seen anything like it and I'm not sure because I haven't looked into it yet I presume that a lot of it is these country stars and probably more so the record company execs and all those people who made a killing off of the stars. I mean, it's it's the cleanest place, huge, huge houses. I mean, for miles, humongous houses, and they're still building houses. And my wife said, you know, probably a lot of these people from New York and California are moving in here and having some of these newer mansions built. But obviously there is a ton of money in Franklin, but everybody was so nice. So nice, so kind, so country, and it's definitely one of those places I could see retiring to, even on the outskirts, because I wouldn't have the money to obviously live in that area where all the mansions are. But one thing that we were looking up is uh, Dave Mustaine from Megadeth, who's one of my favorite guitarists, artists. Uh, he's a controversial guy. Some say he's responsible for starting modern metal because he helped write some of those songs on Kill 'Em All and Ride the Lightning from Metallica. But anyway, Dave Mustaine was there at a Total Wine and he has his own wine company. I think it's called Mustaine Vineyards. And so he was at Total Wine signing autographs and if you bought three bottles of his wine, which was like $150, you could get his autograph and get your picture made with him, which we thought about doing because his wine is hard to find. Like you looked online and it was all sold out. So we were like, you know, potentially we could put this back and probably sell it. We've got an 11 year old bottle of wine that came from Maynard James Keenan's winery early on. 
that we've kept for a long time. So anyway, but we decided not to because Total Wine makes you put on masks. So we're like, we're not going to do that. And who wants a picture with Dave Mustaine if we have to wear masks? So anyway, we realized that Dave lives there. I knew he lived in Nashville. He actually lives in Franklin. And we actually found his house. Although you can't really see it from the road. But the way we found it was it was up for sale a while back. And I guess he decided not to sell it or did it didn't sell well or something like that. So his house he bought for $1.8 which sounds like a ton to you and I, most likely. But in the Franklin area, that's nothing. So his house is actually kind of a meager home compared to a lot of these other ones. But he does have some property and some horses and a big barn and whatnot. But uh, anyway, that was kind of interesting. And so we just had a real good time. Uh, it was crappy weather most of the time, but if you ever get a chance to just chill out and, and go to Franklin and in that area, I suggest you do so. You know, we were in Nashville at a couple of the bookstores and... You know, I think Nashville is just like every other city. It's gotten pretty faggy as far as uber-liberal SJW types. They, they, they are attracted to the city. The government is their god, and the city is their mecca. And I feel like they, they think they're getting away from God the closer they get to the city. So, And also the government jobs that are in the city, these SJW, more liberal types, they, they go to that. That's what they want because they believe in the system so much. It's their savior. But anyway, uh, that's a long story, and we, we will do another show about that at some point. But it goes all the way back to Babylon and the Tower of Babel. But uh, we go into this bookstore, and it's the only place they said we, ha we had to wear masks. So reluctantly, they had some masks there. I put one on. I popped it under my nose immediately and we're in there and I'm looking in the history section looking to see if I can find secret societies and these different things and this and I didn't look honestly there to my right I saw two people walk up next to me and I'm not looking at them I don't want to look at them and I hear something like last month was disability pride month and so I really, really felt like it helped me to, to really realize who I am on the inside. And then I heard, that was, I think, a female, right? Well, then I heard a questionably male voice say, Yeah, I know what you mean. I just got through reading a book on communism, like pre-tyrannical communism, and I really identified with it so much. It really touched my heart, and I'd really like to find another book like that. <sighs> so, I finally looked over, and the first voice came from the lady who worked there, and then the second voice was this person, you know, he, they, shim, Ewan's, one of those people. And so I was just, I just walked over to my wife. I said, I'm afraid some of this is contagious. And if I don't get out of here, we might catch what they have. So we hightailed it out of there. But, uh, you know, it's just part of going to these cities and, and especially bookstores too, for some reason, you know, these people, they, they read comic books and, and which there's nothing wrong with that and, and fiction 
thinking that they're super intelligent. They live in this fairy tale world, but a lot of us do. It's a, you know, it's a fantasy world. Like you feel like you're so much more intelligent and more enlightened than other people, but the media you take in is probably heavily, heavily skewed. Anyway, uh, that's just kind of our story there. I just want to share that with you guys. But uh, I, I wasn't paying too much attention to the news. And of course, this whole Afghanistan thing unfolded. And, uh, you know, I, I'm still yet to watch the video. I've only seen still shots of the people chasing the planes and whatnot. And I don't know what to think about that, except I'm thinking, you know what, uh, rather than die falling off of an airplane, I think I would stick around and, and maybe take my chances on possibly getting shot by the Taliban or not. But anyway, uh, I've got a lot of thoughts about the whole thing. A lot of thoughts. As you probably guessed, my thoughts are not going to line up with mainstream conservatives or liberals, or probably even libertarians for that matter. I got a lot of thoughts about it. And one of my first thoughts is, you know, I listened to Biden's speech yesterday, and yeah, it was a good speech. It was very well crafted, for sure. And it would have to be because, look, he's taking a huge hit on that. And I knew that he was going to have to do something clever to kind of hold off even his side because it looks bad. The optics are horrible. But you got to go to the fact that we should have never been there in the first place. And I can't help but thinking as I look around and I see like on Twitter and these other websites, the conservatives like Hannity and Ingram and all the rest just lambasting Biden. And I'm thinking to myself, and I know this because I used to be in that whole, you know, that whole circle. I mean, I kept up with those guys all the time and I believe like they believed and all that. And we, we could go into detail, but you know, as I always say, I still have conservative views, and uh, I just don't believe what they push. I, I believe that they don't give you the real stories. So they're lambasting Biden, and I know deep down that if this had happened under Trump, they would be doing what the left is doing and totally covering for him and making every excuse in the world. So it's not really what's happening in our day and time it's not the policy, it's not the action or the implementation, what's implemented, it's who's doing it. That's how people decide if it's wrong or if it's right. And you guys know that. We know that. And if you've been alive for a while and you've paid attention to this whole world of left-right paradigm politics, you know that's true. People allow their side to do the same thing the other side does when they get really pissed at the other side for doing it, right? but they have nothing to say when their side does it, or they'll even shill for them hardcore and make every, every excuse in the world. But I can't help but think that. Also, though, what else I can't help but think is that this is not all an accident. I don't believe, because the Biden administration has had several months to get this all together, as they took it from the Trump administration, and Pompeo worked most of this out from what I can gather. I don't believe that they dropped the ball accidentally. My gut feeling tells me they did it on purpose. Now, you've got 
Council on Foreign Relations member for your Secretary of State, Secretary of Defense, and CIA chief. Okay? These people are the planners of foreign policy. You don't have all these people in place without a big plan. So I believe this is a, being allowed to happen, this chaos, this uh, falling to the Taliban, because I suspect that it's allowing for a later date, maybe even a few years from now, where the U.S. and their allies and NATO can go back in Afghanistan in the Middle East and rubbleize it, as No Agenda says, because, look, they're getting all those weapons and all the, the planes, the, the, the helicopters, the, uh, I don't know if they get, they're getting tanks, but Humvees and vehicles and different things like that. And that's going to ensure that there is a lot of terrorism and a lot of terrible things happening in that area, in which, eventually, the U.S. and its allies will have to go back in and take over the place and kill untold amounts of people to give them their freedom back. They hate us for our freedom. So, and it's not just now with losing all that equipment and weapons. This has been going on for years and years in Afghanistan and Iraq. And you can go back and look at different articles about how thousands of rounds of ammunition or even equipment like Jeeps have gone missing trucks have gone missing, hundreds and hundreds of guns, probably in the thousands. I know at least 2,000 guns at one point was missing from, I believe, Iraq. There's been multiple instances of this. We know, of course, going all the way back to Operation Cyclone that started under Carter and Brzezinski and continued under Reagan that they were arming the Mujahideen and that created the blowback, which eventually helped to create the, the Al-Qaeda, if they really existed, and the Taliban, and all these rebel groups. And we've still continued under George H.W. Bush, Barack Obama, and Trump. Well, I, I don't know for sure under Trump, but I know under George H.W. Bush, Barack Obama, and George W. Bush, we continue to arm these different jihadis. And... Of course, they use those weapons to terrorize other people in their own homeland and eventually use them to fight and kill and injure American soldiers as well as allied soldiers. So it's called creating the, your own enemy, basically. You, they're setting up, I believe, for a another operation down the line, just like Operation Cyclone ended up setting up the War on Terror that's what they're doing now. So you got to understand what's going on long term. And so, you know, conservatives are just having this knee-jerk reaction, which I believe is the exact reaction that the people in power wanted them to have out of this whole thing, not looking at the big picture. And yeah, if I had served in Afghanistan, and I have a couple friends that did, I would be mad as hell because everything's just went down the crapper. But I don't know that I would be surprised about it. Because look at everything that's happened. You know, it's the graveyard of empires. We had no business really going there. They knew who was behind 9-11. I believe they stood down and let it happen. And they, you know, we were there forever. 
and the longest running war in history, and it wasn't meant to be won. If you read James Perloff's information on the Vietnam War and how the Council on Foreign Relations controlled that whole thing, and the CIA, which worked hand in hand anyway, they didn't want to win the war. They were setting up a new paradigm for war, a, a new strategy, which is have a war, not really have a winning strategy, but you can spend a ton of money during that war on the industrial, the military industrial complex, and you can get things done at home because during war you can scare the hell out of people and they'll put up with stuff they normally wouldn't. And you can show other countries what you might do if they don't cooperate with you. And so it's not really about winning these wars, I don't believe, anymore for the most part. It's about what they can do during the process, the money they can make, the laws that can change, the allies they can make, the deals that they can make, the treaties that they can write. It's about having it as an excuse to do other things down the line. So I believe that the whole thing is not quite what we are being told it is. I believe, I just can't see the Council on Foreign Relations and the Biden administration being that stupid. We're talking about the global elite who plan all these things. Of course, the Atlantic Council, NATO, and all these others that had a hand in this. So don't believe for a minute what's going on in the mainstream. There's always more to the picture. And I have to ask, you know, what does Afghanistan have to do with protecting the Bill of Rights, the Constitution, or defending the borders? That's what Major General Smedley D. Butler said should be the only reason that we go to war. And of course, we can refer to the quote by, I believe it was John Quincy Adams, who said, America does not go abroad searching for monsters whom it may devour. But we do that all the time now. That is the way... We do it. And so how does that happen? Why do the people put up with it? Well, because the propaganda is so damn good since World War I and the George Creel and Edward Bernays' Committee on Public Information, how they fool the people into going along with World War I, America's participation, by propagandizing newspapers and radio and everything else. That's how they do it. Damn good propaganda. They make us feel like, this is huge in conservatism. This is one of the things I had to get over because I was brainwashed. I believe that when somebody was saying something about the, the government, the United States government, the military, the, you know, cert certain aspects of it, I took it to heart like they were saying things about me, like our government gives a damn about us. But they make us forget that our government doesn't care about us by making us feel like we have that we have these personal attacks on us when somebody is critiquing things about our politicians and our government. Even though we will lambast and chastise and say all manners of evil about the opposition party, but when somebody turns it around, we just can't believe it and we take it so serious and so you know so personal. And that's that's propaganda. That is emotional. I, do, I believe that we've been taught to think that flyovers and flags and parades means patriotism instead of 
really focusing on what's important, which is our individual rights and defending our rights and holding our people accountable. It's bait and switch. It's diversion tactics. They have fooled us, generations of us. We don't even know what freedom is anymore. And we, most of us don't want to bear the brunt, the, the burden of defending that freedom and ensuring that freedom. And so freedom is barely there anymore. It just makes sense. There's so many things happening that is just common sense now that when I stop and, and actually have a moment of clarity and get away from all the madness, I'm like, how do people not understand what's going on? So many of the things, so many of the tactics, the techniques, the psychological warfare operations that they're using on us are basic, basic things, the simplest, the simplest things. They just... They just pick at our emotions and our likes and our dislikes, and that's it. So we've lost something a long time ago. And they've fooled us into believing that when we're standing up for our parties, we're actually standing up for ourselves. But I don't believe it could be further from the truth. And that can go back to a couple of weeks ago when I was talking about how I believe that most of the, the Republicans are just fake patriots. They're just there for show. And, uh, you know, I, I, there's no question that this Afghanistan thing is horrible and it's awful to look at. And like I said, I haven't even watched the, uh, the actual footage, but I can tell from just a few pictures that it's, it's disgusting, you know. But what can you do? I hate to say this, but mainstream conservatives are nothing more than watered-down advocates, as I said in a tweet, of limp-wristed liberty. They can't be honest with you because of their sponsors' ties to these globalist corporations, many of whom are members in the Council on Foreign Relations or connected to members, corporate members of the Council on Foreign Relations. And there's many others, of course, many other NGOs. But the, the reason I harp on the CFR is because they, their big thing is foreign policy and military policy. Economic policy, too, but They've been embedded with the DOD and the CIA and the OSS and all these different agencies for decades. So you have to understand that this is a huge, powerful organization. It's a group of organizations. It's a network. That's what you got to remember. It's not a conspiracy. The news people act like it's a conspiracy because some of them are part of it and some of them are just too damn stupid to even know what's going on and never have even looked into it in their lives. But there is a huge network there. It's where government and former government and all these other industries and academia come together. Of course, the media, the military come together with these large corporations, these monopoly corporations. There's nothing free market about it. There's no free market capitalism about it. Again, said this a million times, right guys? It's protectionism. It's a racket. So we have to look at that. And I don't believe for a minute that CFR and this network would allow for this cluster that's going on in Afghanistan unless they had plans to do something about it at a later date. I believe that they will benefit from what's happening now because that's the way things work out. If they allow something to happen, it's because they will benefit. I may not even be around, but remember my words.
And another thing you got to understand about Afghanistan, if they are getting out and it is over, which I don't believe until you get the six or 7,000 troops out of there that it's actually over and we're actually out. But it could be that the elites, the cronies of this big system, have gotten all the minerals they want out of the mineral-rich land of Afghanistan. And don't forget that a lot of these big pharma companies are going to synthetic drugs and getting off the opium-based drugs. So no more need for these poppies. And also, as I've said on the show a while back, they've got this new industry, this cottage industry, this Vax industrial complex with boosters and more shots every year and more strains. And this is going to be going on into the future. You know, Fauci's talked about how they're going to build these big factories in all these different countries for these vaccinations and stuff like that. This is huge. This is a cottage industry, as I said. It's a, this is a Vax industrial complex. The war's on you guys. The war's on us now. I mean, we don't learn from our mistakes. And one of the things that uh, I couldn't help also but think of is I really hope that conservatives, and I'm talking about myself too, even though I'm not exactly in that world anymore, but I was all about the Afghanistan war and the war in Iraq. But hopefully we'll think twice about going along with these foreign operations because just because our guy's in charge, our party's in charge and, and blindly trusting them because guess what? The opposition leader from the opposition party will be in charge of that war eventually. Now, as I point out, I don't believe really that the presidents are exactly in charge of those kind of things. I believe that they are somewhat puppets of the bankers and the industries who profit greatly from when all these things happen overseas in these foreign operations. We should never forget about the monetary incentives of these excursions when our guys' lives are on the line. And not to mention the millions of people who have been killed over time who are innocent and are just casualties, civilian casualties. So, who knows? Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong as hell. But, yeah, I believe there's more to the whole Afghanistan story. And I guess we'll see, eventually, it's getting crazy, right? We got this Delta variant BS. It's being peddled. And, man, if you could have seen Zanies when we were there for the Shane Gillis show, it was packed elbow to elbow. I laughed to my wife. I said, if there is such a thing as COVID, we're going to get it tonight. I know, I know. Some people say, I know somebody that was super sick. Or I was super sick. Okay, I'm, I'm very sorry. But honestly, with the testing, we don't even know exactly what people have had. Because the PCR tests were off. They were spinning them too much. And now we've been told by certain experts that the tests don't really even tell you if you have the variant or not. But now there is another another variant. 
I mean, it, it's getting crazy. They are spreading this thing out, and they're uh, they're getting to implement all these rules and laws. And that's why you see people in Italy and people in France fighting against this. They see what's happening where Americans are just kind of sitting on their butts and, you know, give me another cheeseburger. I want to watch another movie on Netflix and put my thumb in my butt. I mean, it is what it is. I, I It's hard to deny. I mean, I was thinking, you know, I've said this, I guess, in not so many words, but the people are very easily moved, and you guys can see that. The large swaths, groups of people, are easily moved by propaganda. We went from four and a half years of fake news, you know, the, the conservatives, the MAGA people screaming fake news, and rightly so, for the most part, to, oh my God, the guy on TV said we need to go get our shots and wear masks. We've got to go get our shots. Let's go to the health department and get a test right now. And then on the other side, you had Trump, who is the most hated guy, the most hated president in my lifetime. I've never seen people hate somebody so much. He, they, they hated him so much, of course, that he played them like a fiddle. But the left hated his guts so much. This guy is literally Hitler. He's literally Hitler. But he comes up with this Operation Warp Speed, and they were killing themselves to get to it, lambasting others who were hesitant about it. So there's really no principles, integrity in politics. People can be led, moved, nudged so easily in large numbers thanks to the all-powerful media. It's so, so powerful. And that goes right back to you know conservative talking heads who can't really tell you the truth because of the connections that their advertisers have to Big Pharma and the military-industrial complex and all these other large monopoly corporations. So, you know, we're not getting the truth from hardly anyone. And if somebody is connected to these advertisers, then most likely they're blowing smoke up your butt or they're not telling you the full story. And I have to say, you know, I've been all over. Like, we were at a Bucky's a few weeks ago. Have you guys ever been to Bucky's? Holy crap. It's like a gigantic gas station. Huge. Like 50 pumps. It's like a Walmart, basically, inside there. With food, snacks. They make sandwiches there. Drinks, of course. Every kind of snack you can imagine. Shirts, clothes, I don't know what all they had. I didn't even look at everything. But anyway, it's like a southern thing out of Texas. And we were there a couple of times on vacation, and it was packed as well. Like, we've been everywhere. We've not changed our way of life whatsoever under the cough cough. But, you know, I understand. You know people have been sick. You, you say you know people who've died, although there's no way we know for sure if that's what they died of, the way everything's so skewed. You go back to Burke under Trump saying that they are counting every death as a COVID death. We've never heard that that was changed. They don't know for sure. And they give my wife an update every day. So many people in the hospital with COVID. They don't tell any of those people who work there if these patients came in with COVID and that's why they're there or if they came in with some other illness and 
they've tested positive for COVID. They might be just fine as far as COVID goes. They don't tell you that. It's scaremongering. And people are not inquisitive enough to even ask. So the local news will scare you to death. The national news will scare you even worse. You know, I've been so disgusted. You know, one thing I've learned under this whole COVID thing is even some of these guys who I thought were fairly conservative like local talk show hosts. We've got a, a big talk show channel here, and it's, it's popular. And, they, of course, Rush was the flagship guy, and now Bongino's there, and it's got Hannity and Levin, and I don't know who all else is on there. But, you know, I used to listen to that stuff a lot. And the two main local guys who I respect, and, and one of the guys is from my hometown, and the other guy I've met several times out and about, and he's very nice, very smart. But these guys have shilled for these pokes so terribly. And they make fun of anybody who has any information outside of the corporate mainstream. It's just ridiculous. You're not getting any really, really deep information from these guys. And I'm like, this one guy this morning, he's shilling. I've, I, he was out a few days, so he had COVID. So he come back and he was like, if I hadn't have had my vaccine, I would have been so much sicker. And I'm so, thank God, thank God I took my vaccine. And he's kept on going on about it. And then had a commercial. And then when it came back on, it was like, you know, five, six minutes of commercials. After he's trying to sell me boner pills and used cars and everything else in the world. He's coming back. You've got to get your vaccine. You've got to get your vaccine. Just do it and wear the mask. This is a conservative, conservative talk show, talk channel, rather. But, you know, and I'm like, okay, well, show me the science that actually says that if you take that vaccine and do get it, it will make your symptoms much less and much lighter. Lindsey Graham said that the other day in front of the Senate. I'm so glad I took my vaccine or I would have been so much worse. And the reason that I'm so hard on these things are because Big Pharma has taken over the world. How many people do you know who have promoted this vaccine or telling you to obey and wear masks and do this and do that are on some kind of psychotropic drug or some other kind of drug? And I'm not saying that you shouldn't take any drugs, consult your doctor, find a good doctor. But I'm just saying, a lot of these people are on multiple pharmaceutical drugs. And they've convinced us that we have to have all these different drugs. But they don't try to tell us. This newsman, this local guy, is telling us to get the pokes and the masks. But he's never talking about getting fit, eating healthy, the foods you can eat to build your immune system up, the minerals and the supplements you can take to build up your immune system. They don't talk about that. The Surgeon General doesn't talk about that on his Twitter. Your government is re isn't really putting a bunch of time into telling you to get healthy. Remember that. It's all about the miracle pill, big pharma, miracle jab industry. So, it's just disgusting. I'm tired. I'm disgusted disgusted with people you know if I get the flu I'm not going to scream to people get your flu shot next year do it do it or you'll get really sick I'm gonna say I had the flu I've had the flu three times in my life 
all three times I thought, I'm going to die. This is it. I am going to die. But I still never told people, go get your flu shot. Because I wasn't sure, and I'm still not sure, it is effective. And I know there's been problems with shots in the past. And I'm not going to go tell people to go get their damn flu shot when I don't know all of the information about it. I don't know. I haven't seen the insert that has all of the side effects and all the cautions, all the warnings. So... I'm not going to talk out of turn and tell people to put something in their body without knowing all the results of it, okay? But that's what they're doing. They're telling you, inject this into your body, something that will never come out of your body, in your body for your life. You're not taking an aspirin that's going to be out of your system in a few days. You are putting something in your body. And if it's an mRNA, it can alter your DNA. And you're trying to tell the average person that, and they, I mean, they just look right through you because people are so brainwashed to the point they don't even care. They don't even care. It's all about obedience. I don't know, maybe these, you know, maybe it is the fluoride. I don't know. My wife and I, we got this system, this water purifier that gets the fluoride out. And I can't say for sure that I can tell a difference. We've had it for about a month now. I can't tell you this. I don't taste the chlorine anymore. And it's the best tasting water I've ever had in my life. And holy crap, I'm drinking so much more water. So it's definitely worth it. But uh, maybe it is the, the, the fluoride. Maybe it's, maybe it's a conglomeration of other things like the fluoride. And maybe some of these things that we're taking, these inoculations, and maybe it's the stuff that they're spraying in the air. And I know a lot of you still think that's crazy, but it is not crazy, my friend. You've probably seen my posts about all the different names of these different programs that they've been experimenting with for years in the atmosphere. Spraying stuff in the atmosphere, doing different things in the atmosphere. Of course, there's HARP too. I'm not going to go into that right now because that would be a different show, but I think it's probably that. It could be the GMOs and the things that they're putting in the food, and all this processed food. A lot of different things are coming together that cause the ailments that we have, cause the problems that we have. Remember, the scientific community still doesn't have a good excuse, good reasons for autism and how it popped up all of a sudden and it's so rampant. It's, they still can't cure the common cold. And we know that the flu shot was only like something like 60% effective by their own information before COVID came around. You know, we have to think about these things. It's disgusting what we've allowed to happen to us. It's getting to the point now, guys, where anybody who speaks out at all is deemed a, well, the government, obviously this administration especially, is trying to deem you a domestic terrorist just because you are vaccine hesitant or you don't want to have these lockdowns because of the possible implications they could have. I mean, honestly, talk to some people about communism, people who've lived in communist societies who've broken away from that. Talk to or read a book about Germany and how it 
how, how things went down there in those last few years when people lived there. Look at what Mao and Pol Pot did. Look at Khmer Rouge. Look at these things that have happened in the past. Look at democide, D-E-M-O-C-I-D-E, death by government. Look up that. This is life or death stuff, guys. This, you know, I'm not telling you what to do. You do, you make your own decision. If you want to go out and get the Pfizer and all the other different jabs, Moderna, mix them all up, make a cocktail, you know. That is your choice, and it should be your choice. Go do that. But if you're somebody like me who does not want to put that in my body, does not want to put it in my children's body, do not want the government to tell us we have to do it. Do not want these awful, horrible businesses and corporations to tell us we have to do it. Screw them. If you've got any integrity, you'll do your best to not do business with any of these corporations who are trying to force people to take the jab, either working there or doing business with them. Because this is huge. Because now, after that premise is set, there can be any so-called disease. Oh, we got this new virus. It's the blah, 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 blah. You're going to have to get your shots for it and your boosters, and then next year get more shots. That's the door we've opened up. That's the Pandora's box. So, you know, if you can get through to anyone, maybe that's a way you can get through to them by telling them that. Because any thinking person, once you get them away from the stupid partisan politics crap, can understand simple things like that. Once it's in your body, it's always in your body. Not properly tested. And it's these mandatory things or near mandatory Policies are setting the premise for a slippery slope that has so much potential to just enslave humanity. I mean, freedom is only hanging by a thread anyway, especially when you have this huge bureaucracy that's armed to the teeth like ours. And you pray to God that they're not bringing our troops back from Afghanistan so they can deploy them against us in the coming months and years. I know that is a morbid statement, and I know that some wouldn't do it, but I know that some would because it would be their livelihood and their lives on the line and everything they've worked for thrown away if they went against. Listen, a lot of things throughout humanity has happened under the excuse of, I'm sorry, I'm just following orders. It's, it's not my law. It's, it's, I'm not the one who made it up. I'm not the one who wanted to do this. I'm just following orders. So that's just, that's a fact, Jack. That's, that's life. So in closing, you know, I just want to say, going back to this Afghanistan thing, I want to reiterate that I personally don't believe that the global elite, the power elite, the powers behind policy... I've been trying to use that term, powers behind policy, because anyone who doesn't think like us and is just stuck in the mainstream you know, paradigm, the bubble, if you say anything out of their news bubble, you know, they freak out and call you a conspiracy theorist. Well, 
powers behind policy is basically the New World Order, if you want to think about it like that. But when you get people away from the partisan politics, they're more willing to believe and say, well, yeah, obviously there are powers behind our representatives, very powerful, wealthy, influential powers, even if they just believe it's just the corporations they hate. So I've been trying to say the powers behind policy just so I won't trigger the small-minded people who can't think outside the box. And so the powers behind policy, I cannot see them allowing this Afghanistan thing to happen unless they had okayed it and said, okay, let's, let's let this happen. Either we are completely done, we've raped the land of everything we needed to get, or let's let this chaos happen. We'll let the Taliban take over. They've got all kinds of weapons and equipment now, and they can just wreak havoc and terrorize the Middle East and that whole region and start this big army, this big, huge Islamic army, if you will, and then in a few years, we'll have to roll in there with all 30 of our NATO allies and just level the place, and we'll make billions order out of chaos. So that's my take on it. That's my take on it. I could be dead wrong. It could just be one of the biggest F-ups ever. But looking back again at Vietnam, and as I said, you know, read James Perloff's Shadows of Power about how these CFR generals and these CFR men controlled that whole thing and really didn't want the generals to win. They didn't want our guys to win. They held them back on purpose. It was about, that That really was a war about how to learn how to conduct wars in different ways and what they could get away with and really what they could do from behind the scenes. And so they learned a lot from it and there's all kinds of blame from this one to that one, but the bottom line is the same global powers were behind it as were behind a lot of these other military operations in these foreign countries. And again, I'll say this real quick. You know, I'm not blaming our soldiers whatsoever. I'm telling you that, unfortunately, these globalists have been behind the Pentagon, the DOD, for many, many, many years, they're behind the intel agencies. And here's a, another thing you got to remember. And I think I mentioned this. I may have mentioned this on the last show. I believe I did. But these guys, these power players behind the scenes, do not care about American exceptionalism. They're not interested in any of that crap. But they will use your patriotism and your adherence to your country and nationalism to move you and to trick you into going along with what they want just so they can actually create this global governance and this and you know and tighten the screws down on us take more freedoms away from us but you know they don't believe in it they don't they don't care about it and a lot of them are Europeans or of European descent, so why should they care about it? 
and but they use that to control us. It's another thing. Whatever we like, whatever we love, they will use against us. Whatever we hate, they will use against us. Goes back to how simple, how simply we are controlled, unfortunately. And I, I mean, I have to fight this every day. I have to fight this every single day. And we all should be fighting it every single day. Because we don't want to get tricked into backing and supporting things that go against our principles and our integrity. And if we change our principles to fit our presidents and our representatives, well, they were never really principles at all, were they? No, they weren't. So once again, I want to thank you guys for listening to the Oddcast. It's been a blessing, and I hope to have another show for you next week. I'm working on the Michael Aquino Part 2 and some other things, but I can't promise what will be next because I kind of go at this by what inspires me, and so we'll just see what inspires me between now and then. I want to thank Alternate Current Radio, I want to thank French Radio Network. I want to thank John Brisson from We've Read the Documents and his fine YouTube page for posting up the Oddcast featuring the Odd Man Out. And shout out to Boiler Room on Alternate Current Radio. I'm on there sometimes on Thursdays. Check those guys out. They have a ton of great shows. And I just appreciate all my wonderful patrons for supporting me. And if you want to join the Society of the Cryptic Savants and just kind of help me out, I try to put some extra stuff up there when I can, and I put up the shows early on there. So if you want to get the oddcast early, become a member. It's patreon.com forward slash the odd man out. Thank you all for supporting me. I appreciate it so much. I love you. Cheers and blessings. And remember, their order is not our order. See ya.